0: This podcast contains strong language and adult themes.
1: Date Night China explores life and love for better relationships in China. Every week we hear from different guests and dive into dating, relationships, mental health, and how both expats and Chinese people connect with each other here in China.
0: Join the Date Night community through our podcast and events in Beijing and Shanghai and catch up on all the latest stories on our official WeChat account.
1: Find our account on WeChat by searching Date Night China, no spaces, no capital letters. You can also join our WeChat group by adding Rachel, me, on WeChat. You can search Rachel Weiss 22, R-A-C-H-E-L-W-E-I-S-S 22.
0: And now for this week's episode... Welcome back, China Daters, to episode eight. In this episode, we're going to discuss LGBTQ communities in China.
1: We're so happy today because we have two awesome guests. We're going to be chatting with Mark, who is the organizer of Beijing Friend Zone, and also the host of the Peking Duck website and podcast, which is a media platform. It's talking about queer perspectives, queer stories from the Far East, which is really amazing. And we also have Catherine, who is the co-organizer of Beijing Queer Women's Circle. So welcome,
2: you guys.
0: Welcome. Thank
1: Thank you. you.
3: (laughs) So it's my pleasure to be here tonight. Thank you. We're With really excited. The hottest
2: couple in Beijing. We have to add.
3: Oh, it's the hottest, the hottest news Always. couple. Always.
2: No, no, no! If, if if you are at a level where you host a scavenger hunt for your, I saw second, that
3: that was so adorable. I was thinking about the
2: second marriage anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> was not even a marriage. I think you're disgustingly cute, but that's neither here nor oh, there. Oh, you Keep guys, going. stop
3: <laughs>
1: blushing. So I, I mean, do we need to? to we need,
0: he mentioned it. Do we need to say? <laughs> I feel like I need to do it because Rachel's amazing. So this weekend it was our second anniversary. Uh, We've been dating for two years, Uh, not married yet, Um, but uh, Rachel, as a surprise, she organized uh, a scavenger hunt hunt around the city, and it was uh, every place I went to, I had a clue to get to the other place and the next place, and it was all around our relationship when we first started dating. And the reason why we did that partly is because Beijing's still in a bit of a lockdown, so nowhere is open. And uh, it was the most inventive, creative, sweetest, sweetest thing you could imagine. And we oh, had a great day out. Oh, stop and, it. We, and we had, you know, we had stops along the way, and we had a little adventure around the Hutongs in Beijing. And then when we got to our final destination, um, so she'd organized, uh, some friends to meet us there to celebrate our two years. And she got me a gift, a memory book with photos and text messages, uh, of our conversations. You know, like little in jokes and little cute little things that only we would get. That's so
1: Aww. cute. Aww. <laughs> I'm sure our audience is throwing up inside their mouth right now. I at
2: this point. <laughs> it's,
1: it's, yeah, but I, lo- so I love
3: all that effort on your part. It
1: was it was really fun. And I like, I love sentimental, like, gifts. And I also love, like, experiences together. So I was like, oh, we're in lockdown. We can't really go to, like, a rooftop. We can't go to Migas or do something like that. But it'd be fun since we can still go outside to do something during lockdown. You know,
3: I value that so much more over, like, this is an expensive gift that I same. saved to buy for you. Yeah, like, same. something that shows that you really care and you remember all the good times and all the... Specific moments, I think that's so valuable. You guys are so You're
1: sweet. You're
2: getting a <laughs>
3: <laughs> You guys
1: are so sweet. But enough about us and me. <laughs> We're excited to be talking to you guys tonight. Um, just about your experiences being mm-hmm. in the LGBT community here in China. LGBTQQ plus want to be inclusive um but yeah we're really excited to talk to you guys about these kind of things but just to start us out can you each tell us a little bit about yourselves tell us uh where you're from how long you've been in China Mm -hmm. are you single or in a relationship right now um and I mean if what you do here if you want to share that so let's start with you Catherine
3: Okay, so my background is a little bit more complicated than most. My mom is from Canada and my dad is from Sweden. And after they met, they decided to raise us very internationally. So I actually had the experience of being raised abroad. We lived in Thailand, Turkey, Tunisia. And then eventually I went to boarding school. And somehow I ended up going to university in the UK. I actually went to London. And that was right before I decided to come to China. I've been in China for six years now, so at the moment when I first came here I was working in a kindergarten and after two years I kind of decided it wasn't for me and I started to do some other things. I used to work in a company that does online English teaching lessons and I did a lot of content creation for them and then because of the policy situations for education in Beijing they ended up closing and then I moved to work Part time at a high school, just a couple days a week. And then the rest of the time, I do my freelance work editing and writing academic documents for Chinese students. Wow. So you have yeah. a very international background. Definitely.
1: So many different experiences. Oh, here I in forgot China. the
3: other question perpetually single. Oh, <laughs> we're going to get into that. Yeah. Okay. And Mark, how about yourself? Oh, God.
2: This is what? My second or third time being here? <laughs> if maybe everyone know already knows. Know, we didn't know, actually, because I was thinking, how many times? I, 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 oh, I sure. don't know. What, at, at this point, like...
1: It's been What many about times. me
2: do you not know at this point? Like how many passwords have I not given you guys? <laughs> oh
1: my. <laughs> to catch the listeners up, if you haven't listened to season 2 or like two or three episodes now of this season 3, Mark Mark's been frequently on the podcast yeah. by now. Yeah. So you should how many know times Mark. Have you been Go here? back and I listen. I have no idea.
2: I know it's been multiple times.
0: Well, it's but my, my first time. We see now we've got him on camera you see. So Yeah, like, this one is different. He's we're, we're milking him out for like, you know, forever and a day now. That's the, it. The choice of but, words you know. but anyway yeah. um
2: <laughs> but um just a quick summary I'm Kenyan I've been here for about 5 years um my background is in content development uh, script writing script uh, editing uh content development all that lovely stuff and I basically worked in that since not since I came to China I initially came to China as a student mm-hmm. slash part of a couple um And at the time I was learning Chinese, never learn Chinese. Um, Just it's it's horrible. (laughs) No, that's my personal opinion. That's my it it, the experience. Okay, the experience can be
3: somewhat daunting. Yes.
2: She she's playing the good cop tonight. I'm I'm really perhaps
3: yeah perhaps.
2: And um, as for my relationship, I am in a happy relationship with my dog.
1: And you have a very cute dog. So. She is
2: very cute. The only thing she really Aww. needs to do is is learn that in my house we're insomniacs. So waking up like normal people at 6 a.m. in the morning is just not it.
1: For you guys, can you tell us what were kind of your first impressions of of coming to China or your expectations of coming to China and interacting with LGBTQ communities here? Did you have any ideas of what China would be like being very conservative or being very, you know, China has certain stereotypes about how it is? Did you feel like those things were uh, true to you? What were your impressions or expectations or
3: feelings about that? I'm just like thinking how honest to be. (laughs) Well, I have to be honest. When I was coming to China six years ago, I still identified as bisexual at the time. And that has long since completely changed. That's not the case anymore. I think I'm very open about the fact that I'm lesbian now. So when I was coming here, it was a bit different. Like, I still felt this, like, maybe it's just from my own upbringing and my family, like, this pressure to try to fit into this kind of expectation box. But aside from that, I didn't really know what to expect. Like, I didn't really... I'm trying to think. I didn't know anyone who lived in China either, so it was kind of more like territory unexplored for me. So I kind of came here with very open arms and everything, open eyes to it all. I didn't really have much in the back of my mind with regards to that, but I think since I've been here, like it's more like the experience of being here, really seeing how much of a strong community there is and the fact that people really are very accepting of you here. So, that's also things like I feel like the LGBTQ community here is so strong. It really feels like kind of like home, like a second home now.
1: Oh, that's good. How about you, Mark? What did you feel?
2: Again, where, where did I leave off the last
1: time? <laughs> well,. <laughs> Catch the listeners know. up in case they haven't
2: <laughs> so heard in you. Case, so, again, I came here. It, it was the reason why I even came to China in the first place was because I was in a relationship. And it was a long distance relationship. It was an international intercontinental relationship. Wow. Meaning <clears throat> I was in Africa. He was in Europe. Um, we were together for about a year and then we thought, okay, what is it, what what are we going to do? Because I thought I wasn't, I wasn't interested in moving to his country. He wasn't interested in moving to my country, but it wouldn't have been a very easy adjustment for him um, to make. So when we came here, I honestly, I did not know a single thing about China. We, if if you live in China or if you've lived in China before as a foreigner, you you know the joke about... It almost being impossible to get the information that you need about anything you you, mm. you you seem to get information at the 11th hour When you really, 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 really need it And then you don't know It just materializes But when it comes to things like uh, culture And um, things like sexuality and spaces That's just not information I found anywhere I actually, no, I actually tell a lie The only thing I found online when we were doing research on where to go in China, because we had three options, Guangzhou, Shanghai, and Beijing, was they said, Sunlitun has a a vibrant nightlife that is liked by foreigners, and it also has several gay bars.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, so you found that online
2: That is what I found In, in one of those, you know, travel with me type blogs oh. You know the ones I'm talking about I've never yeah. seen that yeah, online th- Those very, you know, roadless travel type blogs Yes. Um, And then they said, you know, Shanghai is a very international city But it's too expensive It's like, oh, the gays over there must also just have very high taste So no <laughs> better choose Beijing oh no 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 no
1: no which is a a really interesting thing I would love to know more about the groups that you guys are part of and how you found these communities um and also how you've organized and become kind of co-leaders organizers that kind of thing for these communities here in Beijing so can you first tell me about (coughs) Beijing friend zone um just kind of how that came about what kind of were people seeking or why did you feel there was a need to create it? What does it do? What's the purpose? And then also, I guess, the Beijing Queer Women's Circle came from that It's part of mm-hmm. Beijing Friend Zone. So then we can talk about that and how that came about. So how did Beijing Friend Zone come about?
2: Um, <laughs> much like most things in my life, very randomly, honestly. <laughs> okay, so what happened, what happened was... <laughs>
1: in for a long story now <laughs> what
0: happened was, we
1: need more wine I, do, I think so do. perhaps more. we can wine. take a wine
0: break don't worry we'll okay. take a
2: wine
1: break i think we need to grab the other the next bottle
0: i'll do that in a second like carry on with the st- go with the story
2: okay so what happened was i i've been having conversations with a lot of my friends who happen to be gay in in the community telling me you know asking me why i'm never around why i never do any of these mm. things with them and why i'm never you know, basically just asking me why I'm that friend who is never around ever. But I'm always the first one to like posts and and things on Instagram <laughs> just because.
3: You have and- a very lively Instagram story. I that, do. I, I get- like your Instagram. <laughs> I, I look at it daily. It always gives me some new insight about the world.
2: But th- that's me. That's me. Um, But the thing about it was I I, I try to make them understand. I, they, there are so many times or there are so many days in the week. I can possibly go out at night, you mm. know, yes. and especially in the last maybe four or five years in Beijing, hangout places, hangout spaces, safe spaces quote unquote for LGBTQ people have been shrinking at an alarming uh, at an alarming rate. This is so true. Do
1: rather you think it's than COVID having... or is it just changes in Beijing? Like no, it just why? changes
2: in Beijing. I think it's because I it's a, a mixture lot of... of
3: both, really.
2: I think, honestly speaking, if if I'm being very honest, I'd say it's because of Foreigners migrating from Beijing. That's so, yes. When I came to Beijing, foreigners, there were so many foreigners in Beijing, and it seems all of them either moved to Shanghai or went back home.
3: And I guess they regret that now. Yeah.
2: Why what what,
0: what happened in Shanghai? (laughs) No, we're talking about foreigners. God, no idea. (laughs) The foreigners that
2: we met when we were here in China, when we came to China the first time, most of them have either left the country or are in Shanghai. I mean, even Michelle moved from Beijing yeah. to Shanghai.
1: I do, I do feel like even the social scene in Beijing was so different a few years ago. It was. It or definitely. Was you have the Beijingers who were Completely. here in like the 2010 era, and they were like, it was so much better even then. So you do feel like the population of foreigners is shrinking. I know, I even had people saying shrinking. that when I
3: got here in 2016. Yes. They were like, it was so much better last year, or two years yeah, ago. Yeah, they told it me was, they were though. like, you missed the golden days. And I was you like, well. You got here <laughs> when they were starting to break up Fangjia Hutong. I remember that. Yes, oh. yes. We missed the golden days. Apparently. Yes.
2: But, mm-hmm. um, okay, <laughs> back to the story. So I basically said, on a random on a random um, Wednesday night when we would go watch this drag show, and it was like a queer night, there was a queer night in one of the bars, in one of the clubs in Beijing. Mm-hmm. I said, you know, it would be nice if, and it was summer last year as well, and I said, it would be nice if we did mm-hmm. a picnic. And so I set up this picnic group, and all of a sudden, people started inviting their friends, and their friends started inviting their friends, and all of a sudden... I remember
3: that. It's, a picnic it that was meant huge, to be, very quickly.
2: Yeah, a picnic that was meant to be, like, 10 people, ended up being about 50, 60 people in a couple of days.
3: And then one day, it was, like, a few hundred.
2: And then, yeah, the next thing I know, is like,
3: so what are the ground rules? I was like, what do you mean, ground rules? Like, oh, you have a group now. Oh, people were like, what yeah. are the group rules? Did you yeah. expect that I was going to happen? No! Was just like, four, like, here I'm planning a picnic with my friends, now I'm just the like, owner of this massive group. Of course I
0: didn't! Is, is that when... Is but that, that when shows
3: that there was really a need for I, it. I was, it was about
0: to say, was that showing that actually people need something like this and they want it to be classified, they want it to be verified and they want somebody to, not so much lead, but that they want somebody to be at the forefront, sort of creating space.
2: I think the main thing about about it, what, or at least what I got when I was talking to people, Was they wanted something that was not, in which alcohol was not the center of attention. Exactly. In which out, in which a night out wasn't. I remember that even
1: when you first started it and you had your intro, it was like we've all been to like these nights out, these places, but like let's see each other in the daylight. In the daylight. Let's see each other without all the alcohol, smoky rooms, and all of that. Let's actually connect with each other. Yes,
2: because that was my problem. I hated the fact that, I I was known. Quote unquote And I knew people but it wasn't beyond the, you know, hello, darling. Hello, hello. So it was very nice
3: to meet you. <laughs> and Bring then do you, see you sometimes do you even remember it? I, I, I
1: don't remember anyone's
2: name because...
1: I mean, if, if it happens at QS at 3 in the morning, does anybody... that? That's not the best time to meet somebody and be a like, Trump hi! drunk falls
2: in QS at 3 a.m. in the morning...
3: Did they really did fall? It, did, they, did, did, they they it did they make a sound? Did they make a sound? If they can't remember it, did it even happen? <laughs> no, it doesn't count you know, really. And
2: again, like, obviously we're not trying to shame anyone. All of these things have a place and a time. Obviously, I am I am one of the people who will tell you, I I am a sucker for a night out where I can of put course, on my my, my heels, go out, have fun, but not every week, not two three ta- not two two three times a week.
3: Definitely, I am.
2: My life is. I I do not want to live, or rather, I am not able to do that wake up manage a hangover through the day then go out again type we're of we're not young life. anymore we are not
1: so i used to anymore. be
3: able to do that used maybe two. <laughs> two, two three four years ago but
1: not anymore <gasps> of I, know, course not. I feel like Catherine. we, we met at cafe de la Poste, post like first and those were the days i could go out several nights a week stay Definitely. at the cafe go to qs go to go to home at like five or
3: six in the morning and go to wake work, up and do it again do it again no, or go to work even i don't know how i'm used to manage to no. go out stay out till like four or five also go to work and feel fine and then after work oh what are you guys doing okay let's have no. more drinks. and you're not even
2: napping
1: no no, I wasn't I don't know it was inhuman I don't know how, how any of us did it because now I'm like oh
3: a night out it kills, kills me for like but three days but maybe it's just like an age thing I don't know probably <laughs> I don't
2: know yeah but I think also if the, the more substantive relationships you have or substantial relationships you have in Beijing I feel the less you feel the need to go out because like for example with, with the um, I think that Beijing is Beijing friend True. zone. Yeah, with like the Beijing friend zone, suddenly we started having these special, a speciality or specialized groups where there there's a book club, there is a sauna group, there is a game night, there is a something karaoke for everyone, night.
3: Really. There's
2: something for everyone. Because that was the other thing. If I party queen of Beijing, I, I'm really not. But I,
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you could be. I could be if I to. wanted
2: to, but I'm I'm just too lazy. And I love my shoes too much Um, But if I could get tired of the idea of going out What about people who have never even started there to begin with So I realised, or rather with with you guys Obviously we had conversations and things like that We started creating, um, you know, these groups And I would tell people If you don't want to be a part of the main group anymore Because you've found your, your tribe Then leave the main group that is the main point anyway, that the, the, the Beijing friend zone is a conduit for, to help people meet people from their own tribe or mm-hmm. to try out being in a certain tribe and see how they like it and then move on from there. And that's how we try to create community. Mm, Which is great. I think it's
1: great because people can find what really calls to them and where they really want to connect with people. Because we're all in tons of group chats, you know? We're all in tons of group chats. And so it's like, where am I going to actually engage? I really
3: love the friend zone because it kind of filled a space that needed to be filled where it's like, we can talk about any relevant topics. We can plan anything that maybe other people want to do too. It's not like one of those like event-specific groups where it's like, oh, we must only talk about the picnic that happens every summer or something. And if you if you don't, you'll be removed from the group. <laughs> it's like, we can have other idle conversations about anything or ask for advice about other stuff. It doesn't have to be about a certain thing. It's just really about creating community. And I think that's what's so important.
1: And what I really like about your group, I'm not super active chatting, but I am kind Neither of a lurker. am I always. Your group, but I think because people are also so... Respectful, they're aware of each other, they're communicating in a way where, like, maybe they don't always agree or they have different perspectives, but people are generally, it just seems like a good, nice crowd of people because you do have certain crowds or certain groups. It can be really hard. We can tell you with Date Night China, it's so hard because we bring in so many diverse people from all these different backgrounds, different orientations, different backgrounds, different like ideas of what dating looks like and relationships it can be really hard because then if people don't approach that with the same level of respect and and awareness of the people around them in this group chat it can get messy very quickly but i felt like in your group chat you it's just really nice that people can have that space not everybody has to agree all the time there can be little things where people are like oh what did you mean by this can you explain a bit more but there's a bit more behind it that people are like hey like let's actually speak in a in a nice respectful way do you feel that with the group
2: <clears throat> oh why, i don't know why I'm, I'm, I'm feeling so coffee tonight um but i think the the members of the group including myself obviously we we very quickly set the tone for what the group was and also it was very clear that the people who were joining uh, beijing Friend Zone we're tired of all or not even tired but we're looking for something different from all of the other queer groups that are around because queer groups fulfill two functions they're either there for drama or they're for information mm-hmm. and or they're for
3: community simply
2: yeah but you know the ones that are available like i i've i've been a member of some of them for years and years and years. And I've never seen anyone do anything in any of these groups once, you know, Um, which is a shocking indictment as far as I'm concerned. I mean, what is the point of knowing that there are there are 400 other gay people in the city if we're not going to do anything anything about it? Yeah,
3: that's how I felt about some other groups, you know, and um,
2: so a couple of instances, we've had a couple of instances where someone has tried to be a little bit spicy and people have gone, actually, no, because this is the one place that I come to have conversations that I'm not able to have with other people. Because there was, an, a, there was this understanding that because I think you're wrong doesn't mean that you're wrong. And also, in as much as you owe me respect, you also don't owe me negating yourself for my sake, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. So in that way, I think... I mean, you you can speak to it. I do think,
3: like, in the friend zone, compared to other groups, the people who join that group already have a kind of, like, understanding of respect because of maybe the things they've experienced or been through because everyone, most of the people who join that group are either LGBT or allies, so they already have this kind of understanding, whereas maybe some other groups, people are still needing this kind of education or understanding, you know? Mm. So I do think that most people in that group, they Already have some sort of understanding and respect. That doesn't mean all of them, of course. There are, of course, some people who perhaps say ridiculous things or share (laughs) offensive material, but I don't think it is as much as other groups for that reason
1: yeah no that makes it makes a lot of sense though. like you said that some people are at the place of already understanding and awareness and some other people are still on that journey kind of because figuring i think if out. you're joining
3: this kind of a group you already feel like well i want to talk about these kinds of topics with people who are on my level yeah, yeah basically yeah.
1: <laughs> yes totally and it changes the way that people communicate and talk and so like you were saying groups have branched out from beijing friend zone and was beijing queer Queer, Uh, so (laughs) the wine. (laughs) Beijing, yes. So, like you were saying, that a lot of people have branched off from this main community group, and was your group one of those that kind of branched off
3: from of it? So, how did that come about, and and how did you get involved with that, Catherine? Okay, so to be honest, even before the friend zone thing happened, we had this idea. Me and my friend Syl, who is unfortunately not here tonight. We both had this idea of starting some sort of an event or space for women, but we had trouble doing it at the time for a few reasons. It was like we were going to do it at Red Dog, but then we all know they were closing and management was changing and it was too difficult to plan with them. And then it was kind of hard to like get this community started. So we kind of Forgot about, we threw in the back burner, and then I was like, when the friend zone thing kind of took off, and I remember we've all been to QS so many times, but I remember some of the women saying to me, like, oh, well, we don't want to go to QS anymore because it's too male dominated, and there's a lot of men, and I was like, why does that bother you? They're all gay, right? And they were like, we want to meet other queer women and stuff like that. Understandably so. So then I spoke with my friend again, the one who we'd thought about doing this in the past, but never successfully done. And I was like, what if we try to kind of branch off of the friend zone and we make a post in there and see how many women would be interested in women's events. So specifically for queer women though, it doesn't have to be centered around dating because that was the other thing. It was like, we didn't want to feel like we were just pushing people to date. like if that happens, fine. That's amazing. But if not, it's also about building this community. So then I spoke to Mark after that and I was like, what do you think about this idea? And he was like, definitely go for it. And it just kind of went from there.
1: Yeah, that's great. Did you feel like there was just, it was just, you were looking for kind of a space, like it was great to connect with other people, but it also, you wanted your own space for these queer women to connect solely to each other as well.
3: Yeah, exactly. Like a space where you can feel like you're talking to other queer women, whether or not you want to date them or if you just want to make connections with someone who's similar to you or has similar interests a space where you can do that and not feel like you know you're the minority there or you're being watched by other people with whatever kind of eyes or perspective you know that was the main thing because we all go to these LGBT events and there's nothing like per se wrong with it but it's probably known that it's mostly men right so I think And for me, it doesn't always bother me to either because I have fun either way. But I just think a lot of women, maybe they don't feel 100% comfortable with that. So it was just kind of a need to create a space where women can feel completely comfortable and themselves talk about whatever they want to talk about and feel kind of themselves if they want to exchange numbers okay that's fine you know mm. what kind of events then have
1: you done and what have you found that's a bit different for running and hosting these events for uh, queer women specifically uh, what what have you found that helps um when you're hosting these events
3: we had a few different events the first event we did was simply just like a mingling like drinks night and we tried to like kind of... I don't know how to explain it. We tried to, like, create some sort of guidance. We didn't just want it to be, like, people drinking. So, we did that. And then the second night that we had, we tried a kind of a speed friending activity, because from the start, we never wanted it to only be about dating, because we didn't want people to feel pressured. Although, I do know that some people met at our events, which is great. Also, oh, wow. Yeah. A couple of people. However, it's like... And then we also had some other completely, because some people said, we don't want to drink at all. And we don't want to do events. We want to do other things. So we've done some other things like, what did we do? We had some mindfulness sessions, like for people who are interested in that side of things, which also went well. And it's fun to see. It's like always different people at different events, which is great. Then I'll We recently because of the lockdown I know some people in the group organized a kind of a picnic event which is also nice. The one thing that I will say is like sometimes trying to organize everything it's hard to coordinate I'm not gonna lie it's very difficult because there are people who will be like oh like with the speed friending thing because it's such a kind of specific activity there are people who will be like oh Well, we loved it because we got to talk to so many people and what we had done was we created a list of very random spontaneous questions which are fun to answer and we put them in like strips on the table and people could answer those and then we rotated around the tables. (coughs) Some people thought that was so much fun and then some other people thought that they didn't really like that because they didn't get to talk to everyone for long enough or they felt like it was just modified speed dating or something (laughs) so
0: it's
3: like like, how do i deal with all these people's like differing opinions People coming
1: up to you for events and they're like well i would have enjoyed it better this way or if you had done this and you always have people we after date night china events it's the same thing and everybody has their own idea of what a great event would look like and you're trying so hard to make it you know, palatable to a, a wider audience for the whole group. I mean, I
3: thought it was fun because I don't know about you guys, but like if you go to an event and there's no structure and it's an, meant to be an event, you might not talk to everyone, right? But we tried to make it so that everyone would get a chance to interact. And with the questions, it's like you have something to say, right? It wasn't meant to be anything to do with dating, but I think some no. people might have just. It's supposed to be an ice it, Yeah, exactly. Can and be then be you could talk about other stuff. Some people might have felt that it was a bit like dating yes. vibes. I mean,. You will, always find,
2: you will always find people who have something yes. negative to say, honestly. Yes. Even Which, when they had fun, they'd still be like, I had ninety nine point nine percent. And then fun. the other That 0.1% is a problem for The me.
3: other thing I wanted to do is like because you know for gay men, there's a lot of bars and venues you can go to in Beijing. I feel
2: very attacked.
3: No, I'm not attacking you. I'm attacking a game and all of them at the same time.
2: Okay, Att- <laughs> Fine. Group attack. That's fine. But
3: there aren't a lot for women. I know there's one club where it's like, but it's not like my style of place. I don't even place. know where it is. I don't know where it is either. But I know there is a club for women where it's like you can go there and choose if you would like to have a tomboy or a feminine woman at your table and you have to pay or something like that. Which what? is not the kind of scene that I'm into, right? I'm not into that kind of like, well I'm paying for something or whatever. Definitely not. I wait, not... wait,
2: wait, wait. Wait.
3: That's a whole lesbian what? thing. Why is he in shock? <laughs> some of the what? some of the Chinese tra- lesbians like that I met where? tried to take me there, but I didn't go.
1: Oh is, is it kind of an
2: underground
3: scene in Beijing to know. I think about... it's not I wouldn't, I don't know because I didn't go, but I don't think it's per se underground. I think it's more known within the Chinese lesbian community. Also, oh,
2: it's like one of those, like, um. I, I've seen one of those Japanese documentaries where they talk about rent-a-boyfriend type situation.
3: Yeah, but it's like more like you're renting them to dance at your table and drink with you. I think it's like
2: dance that. at your
3: table and Ooh, drink table with you. Table service. That kind of thing. Anyways, it doesn't appeal to me because I don't, A, I don't care for those like loud, messy nightclubs anymore. I'm not in my <laughs> 20s. <laughs> and B, oh. It's the whole paid like someone to spend time with me no i'd rather go to a casual bar where you can talk and you can meet people and somehow hit it off you know like that mm-hmm. anyways i forgot where i was going <laughs> it's
1: okay this is a good, well, what it's was, a was good i segue, trying to though. say you're talking uh just about
3: whoa spaces, i guess i was thinking anything. about spaces spaces. okay so we yeah. i don't think women especially queer women have those kind of like spaces in Beijing. So I really wanted to create that. And my goal was to try to find somewhere that would host us regularly. For a while we were going to chill bar, which seems to be quite popular among the queer women community. Um, but in the winter time, it, there was a bit of a lull, I think just purely because of the weather and chill is maybe not the best in the cold. Beijing winter Show is brutal people cold. don't want to yeah, go exactly yeah. so there was a bit of a lull and then the last time oh I forgot to mention this the last time we went to Mooney if you know it in Gulo, which yes. was really good we have a lot of people that Great showed up rooftop in Beijing and really excellent like service the owner was there and he welcomed us and was like only the queer women's circle on the rooftop and that was so good and then of course lockdown happened
1: so what, what kind of, um, if somebody is new to Beijing or new to these kind of communities or interested in learning more, how, how can they kind of go about navigating that? Because like you said, even Mark, you were like, when I was Googling stuff, you can find out certain like queer friendly bars, maybe stuff like that, maybe public, especially on Google. But there's other things that are very much internalized in China that you can't just like search and find also, out yeah. or unless you're in the right WeChat group, you don't find out those things. So how do you find that people like usually get to know about these things?
3: I think a lot of the times also, it's like if you search these things on Google or whatever or Bing, it's also outdated. It's very outdated. I've done my own searches. I'm like, that doesn't exist anymore. This is from five years ago. So it's like, I don't even think that there's a point to doing that. So that's a very good question. Mostly I would just say word of mouth. But the thing is, if you don't always like know someone, it can also be hard. But I do also feel like it's Beijing. And it's just like, I don't know, so easy to find people here and to interact with them. Or, I mean, you could also like... I don't know, be more targeted about it. Go on dating apps and ask people yeah. what they do. Oh, Swipe
1: right a million times. Yeah. How about so how about you, Mark? You've been a little
3: you've been listening so I've, over I've there. Been,
2: I've been I've just been uh, listening to Lady Catherine.
3: Oh other thing, <laughs> thing is like I think most foreigners, like, if they've been here for a while, they know that like they can go to places like QS and meet people. And I have been at QS a few times and I've met both men and women who are like oh we haven't been here that long we don't know much about the lgbt scene in beijing and i'll just be like okay well let me invite you to a bunch of group chats and you can see what suits you so it's also just meeting people in person too i think tell us about
1: this because this is really great i know you so you do picking duck which is a podcast as well you guys should go look it up it's on spotify and do you host on anchor anchor yeah anchor yeah so you go look it up and also the the website the blog that you have associated with it is so good because you you expand more on these topics that you talk about with your podcast, but also you have a variety of other articles that you do with people. So what is this article that you wrote, Catherine?
3: Oh, I simply, I was not in the podcast. I just wrote an article where I wanted to elaborate on my feelings specifically about women. So I felt that most women growing up are kind of taught that being heterosexual is the norm and that's kind of what's expected of you, right? So if you stray away from that, mostly... At most, you can be by or some, something like that, right? This was my feeling. And I think a lot of women can also relate. And we're kind of forced into these boxes. And until you kind of have this, like, experience where you're kind of like, well, being in a heteronormative relationship is not what I want for my life. And it's not for me. Until you have that kind of experience, it's kind of hard to break out of it. And you just continue going in this kind of sort of path of accepting what's sort of mediocre or feels like mediocre to you right I mean it's for someone else it might feel different but for you it's like this is not what I feel is for me and my life isn't spark passion for me it's not interesting it's dull and I'm just expected to do this I think for men the experience can be a little bit different because for most men it's like Not that it's easier or anything like that, but it's more like they're more, I don't know how to explain it. It's like they're more quickly to be labeled as gay if they have any out of, Mm. like, straight experiences, if you know what I mean. Whereas for women, it's kind of like, oh, it's just a phase. Or it's like, oh, well, you're just experimenting and you'll probably end up with a man in the future. You know, it's kind of like... Maybe it just stems from, like, a systematic, like, patriarchal thing where it's, like, women's experiences are only valid if the man accepts them, kind of. And, of course, like, a woman deciding that they don't truly want to be with men at all. Well, that's, like, a threat to the whole system, right? So it's not really accepted by society. So that was the purpose of my article, basically, was to elaborate on my personal experience with Compulsory heterosexuality and what I think we should do to move on from that.
2: It was a brilliant piece. I went down a rabbit hole just reading on it because she sent it to me and I was reading and I thought,
3: I've never heard of
2: this before and maybe
3: it's not talked about enough. It's this not a problem. It's like because women are not always taken seriously. That's the thing, sadly. True. But it is true.
2: True. And I thought, wow. I mean, forget about the allies. I feel like a bad gay for not knowing this. I really just... I felt guilty for not knowing that. You know, the thing
3: is, like, a man says, I'm gay, and they're like, the rest of the people are like, okay, we're so proud you're coming out, right? Sometimes when a woman says it, they're like, well, this is a phase, you'll change your mind. In 10 years, you'll have a husband and a family or something. I'm trying to offer
2: some, some, some... Conjecture.
3: Yes, go ahead.
2: I honestly do believe the reason why people are very quick to accept male sexuality is because male sexuality is inherently his own. A man's sexuality is inherently his own. Whereas we're still in a place in the world where female sexuality is still the purview of men.
3: This is true, actually. To have a segue, we were reading an article about this the other day in the feminist like reading circle that I'm a part of. And the article was very much about that. It was about how it's like a woman can never truly claim her own eroticism because it's always in the eyes of men. Mm -hmm. And yes, yes, exactly. So if you are a woman who is not interested in men, you're interested in other women. That's another whole other issue because then what are you to a man?
2: And the only way that anyone can ever understand that is if you look at your attractions to to other women through the prism of heteronormativity so if you like classically beautiful beautiful women that other that men might like then they might consider you one of their own you might be considered an honorary man
3: oh that is also a thing too yeah oh my gosh there's so many it is so complicated <sighs> it's so complicated too yes this is true totally I I don't
2: think this is where you guys wanted this
3: this to be Can I I interject? interject? It's It's better better than
0: talking about the dogs that we were talking about earlier
3: (laughs) Also, if you're interested in a woman Who is not typically the ideal of a straight man That's another thing too Then they'll critique you for that And they'll be like, oh, well, you might as well just be into men What can I do to turn you back? (laughs) Have you ever
1: been on date, or been with people, with guys that are like, hey, how can I turn you, or like, or do you have the opposite, where some guys are like, oh, you're a lesbian? That's pretty hot. Like, can I, can I watch you?
3: Describes my every night at QS. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, I'm not lying, it does. Ew. QS though? Really, yes. But, like. Because I don't, I know nothing's gonna come of it, so I'm just like, haha, whatever, I don't care. But it's like it's a bit repetitive at some point.
0: But that's a very that's a that's a it's a male fantasy to uh, to convince uh, a lesbian that, that that you are so sort of like masculine and all like you're so good looking that you can actually. Sw- Persuade them for a night you know, yeah, so it's also like... Your honour, I have a question Yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah. something that I'm just saying that's like just a very common thing How,
2: how And I asked this mm. For the people in the back yeah. How does a man think A straight man I was about to You were giving man. me a look We're not the same <laughs> 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 We're not in the same boat No How does a man convince themselves that changing someone's sexuality means that they're good at something? Because if that were the case, then a lot of gay men would be out here claiming that a lot of straight men are gay men. I, I don't know if I have a very articulate you answer. You know, because...
3: But they might have been gay all along or bisexual. No, 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 no. All of
2: those straight men who, who again... Who are
3: bi-curious. Who are...
2: Oh, yeah. I, I wrote That's an, an article on bi-curiosity. And there was one guy who basically told me that he was bicurious from the waist up. Can I just... Straight from the can I just
3: up. say one thing?
2: What? <laughs> That's <What>? so weird. <laughs> yeah, he was like... He was like, I am bi-curious. No, he said... No, not, not even bi-curious. He said, I'm bisexual from the waist up. And straight from
0: the waist down. What did you tell him to do? Stand on his head. No, no,
2: no. It was actually that's really good. a good idea. Because he was like, he, he, he. We were making out and things like that, and goes, okay, I hope, I hope you understand. We're not going to go beyond this point. Like, I just met you thirty minutes ago. I don't think I should be kissing you. Anyway. He just
3: likes the temptation, or something. And then he
2: goes, yeah, because I'm, I'm like, bye from the waist up, and then like straight from the waist down. <laughs> I thought. He, he clearly, clearly hasn't come night, to terms. I mean, However you want
0: to sleep at night, that's I mean, fine.
2: Th- th- that is marry condoing your sexuality, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> it's, that's his feng shui. That's his feng
3: shui. He clearly hasn't come to terms <laughs> with himself at all.
2: Yeah. Or he
3: has. See,
2: see, that is where. Or
3: maybe that's just where he draws his boundaries. That is where that
2: worst... I think. No, but that, that's why I think a lot, of, a lot of the conversations that we have around sexuality are still very, very limited. And they're very linear in the sense that people expect you to be one or at the maximum two things and they must be done in a very particular way. And there is no space for people who like other forms of expression in, in different combinations. Like, for example, the guy who likes making out with other guys but having sex with women and he finds both of them...
3: This is true. Increasing. There's no way to describe someone like that. No, you know? there isn't. Because we still have these very binary categories. Yeah,
2: because is it's he like... straight? Is he bi? Is he bi-curious? What is he? But he's very clear about what he likes. He says, I will make out with men, but I will not sleep with men. I there will are, there sleep are a with lot women. of women
3: like that, too. It's like yes. they want to kiss... Well, I think maybe there are even more women like that. They want to kiss other women, but then they don't really want to do anything else. True.
2: So where do those women... But,
3: see... But I do think maybe in some instances, of course not all, sometimes women just do that because it's a thrill and maybe they like the attention. I don't know. And then when it like goes a step further, they're kind of like, for me.
2: What about the straight women that kiss gay men?
3: I think that's just for fun. I don't really have a comment on that. <laughs> I mean, I think uh, sitting around here, I'm sure all of us have kissed a gay man before. I'm myself included. I have included. never kissed a gay man oh, a gay in my life. Okay, really? <laughs> they, maybe Nathan is the only one who hasn't. I have. Never
0: oh no, kissed no, ever. no, yeah, no, yeah, my yeah, yeah, gay yeah, yeah, or straight man. You just I think.
3: think no, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Who are you
0: kissing? Oh, I'm not gonna kiss and tell. Oh, oh no, I'm podcast. sorry, but there's oh, a difference
3: between a friendship. French kiss and a romantic French kiss. Honestly,
2: I'm sorry, but I've never when French you're kissed any of my
3: friend. When you're out at the bar and you're just like, let's make out for whatever reason, no. it happens. What? 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 <laughs> What? Mark,
0: Mark, you need more nights in QS, I think. Yes. You know, nice uh, yeah, that's happened
3: to you. Oh yeah. 100%. you know how many
0: times we've bumped into each other in QS, you and
2: me? Yeah, well, you've not
0: been doing any of this, you know. You need I to have... hang out. With no, Kat no, no, no. More.
2: Because that, those are the nights when the straights come out and they suddenly want to find me at the club.
3: Maybe that's why. It's because the straights are looking for you, where I'm just like on the dance floor rolling around. You know, I've got to say this.
0: Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I've seen you in QS. And I've seen you with somebody. Who, and, me? Yeah, yeah. Oh. And, and I'm like, huh. You know, like just. a very interesting choice. Well, no, because, like, you know, like the Beijing community is very small. And, and we uh, know most people, yeah.
3: And, and,
0: and, and, um, and like you say, like you say, like the straight man come and find you. And, uh, I think I've seen you on some of those nights. And I'm like, I, uh... huh. That's interesting, <laughs> and and then I will leave it at that. I'm like, no, they you know, like, yeah, I'll I'll just I'll I'll talk to him later. <laughs> He's busy. It
2: never happens, obviously. <laughs> it is interesting. But yes, yeah. I mean, it, what do we call those people?
3: That's the thing. I don't really have a term for them. Neither do, do I. I. Do they need a label? I, I don't. Do even we think, need to put a no. label on everything? I don't no, think so.
2: No, I. But Some then people again, that's just so are that who in. they are.
3: But yes, we are unfortunately living in a world that likes to label everything.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, with that in mind, with the labels, and it, it is confusing. Um, I guess um, our, our last question, as we we come to the uh, the end of the podcast, is that you you often hear the term allies, you know, and like you know, and the idea of being good allies or, you know, I don't want to use the term woke, but being, you know, me to, to be a meaningful ally. So how could one, or even, you know, date night China, we, you know, when we first started, you know, it was, you know, we were just like three white people talking about our hetero experiences dating, you know? Um, and, you know, and we quickly realized that we're not really representing date night China, you know? So, uh, even we ask sometimes we have to make sure that we're, you know, trying to reach all communities and that we're a space for that, you know, but that's great that, you know, other things exist that can do it much better than we can do. Um, But how could you be an ally or how can you be moving forward? Or is that kind of like a funny question? (laughs) <laughs> to ask, you know, I know that you have a problem. We've spoken this about before. <laughs> I feel I like a that, I, I, it's a hard question. It's a hard question, but I know can that Can I say why? Yeah, sure. I, to finish my point, I know that Mark, you've got a problem mm-hmm. with uh, labels or the the terms that you can or can't use. I know you've spoken about this before, but Catherine, yeah, please tell me why this is not a difficult accurate. question. Yes. <laughs>
3: Because it's like, so the thing about like being, okay, I'll give you an example. The thing about having like a queer women's circle is because it's a space that we've made for ourselves. If allies are helping us, it very quickly doesn't become our space. And the other thing was like a few months ago, not that this is bad or anything, like someone had excellent, good intentions, like someone reached out to me and it was a male and they wanted to help me with the setting up of spaces for queer women and I was very confused and I had to ask them like what's your interest in the lesbian community of Beijing like I don't understand why you're wasting your time on this, it doesn't pertain to you and he very quickly told me he was a gay man I mean it's fine but I was still always just kind of like well if you are not like part of, oh god, sorry (laughs) if you are not part of our like kind of community, not that we want to actively exclude people but the fact that you are trying to do it for us makes it seem like we can't do it for ourselves in a way do you know what i mean yeah so it's like i think for allies you don't really need to do so much more than accept and understand that perhaps we need to create a space and the space needs to exist for us to thrive and for that space to exist, sometimes that just means like you don't need to do anything. you can just let it be kind of and not also question, oh well, why can't I come and all of this kind of stuff? and what if I want to do this event and da, 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 da. it's like it doesn't really make sense if the event for queer women is put on by somebody else mm, mm. Mm. that's my perspective. but of course, like you can support us in a multitude of other ways, share our events. right now, there's kind of a lull due to the obvious situation, but other times, a lot of people have supported us by doing that, um, what else, letting us host events at their venues and all these kinds of things, too.
0: Yeah, I I, yeah, I, I totally appreciate that, actually, because, you know, doing like China, we've done L- LGBTQ plus events, uh, but then it was... And that was born out of a few people asking, well, you know, uh, if you're doing speed dating, are you doing it for gay people? Can I interject? Mm. I
3: came to one of those events and I was one of the only women. Yeah,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And And that was
3: also a thing.
1: Yeah. I, I mean,
3: I still enjoyed my time there, but it wasn't just like, obviously it wasn't a dating experience for me. It was more like a social experience.
0: Yeah, it was difficult for us because, you know, on that level, you know, it, it you know, it failed, you know, in, in that way. I think it was successful, but all, in, in other ways it failed. And, you know, putting on events for communities when we're not part of that community is hard, but then you've got people from that community saying, well, why aren't you putting on this or why aren't you catering to us? And, you know, and then we do something and we, and we don't get the response. We don't get the response because, you know, it's not coming from you know a place that's you know i wouldn't say i definitely say genuine but not like coming from a place that's that's that really understands and identifies the need because it's from that community mm-hmm. you know so i think we'll always find that hard you know as date night china until something changes
3: i think you can like it's a very that when i was looking at the questions i'm not going why that's like the hardest question for me to answer i don't know why because i feel like how can allies truly help us without kind of infiltrating the space that we're trying to create that was my thought so I think the one of the number one things is just to kind of like understand that we need our own space and if we need support obviously you can be there for us in whatever capacity but I think just like sort of giving us the space to create it is the number one thing at least for the women's circle because we don't have we didn't have that kind of a space before really I know it it kind of existed in the past but Before COVID, a lot of those people have left and all that, so it's not really a thing anymore. So I think, yeah, it's more about understanding that we need our own space, and maybe if allies wish to help us, it might be more on the logistical side of things, like venues and whatever, Mm. stuff like that.
1: Mm, Yeah, no, I, I think that's great. It's it's stuff that we've yeah talked about and over the years. Because we do have people who then eventually find our group, and we want to point them in the right direction. That's why like it's been really nice to have contact with you guys, because I feel like if we can point them to direct communities who can really like feed into their needs and what they're looking for in a way that we really can't fit that. I think Date Night China, we really fit a very broad perspective of what mm-hmm. overview of what dating in China looks like, but we can't fit the needs of of you know, this specific community. So it's really nice to have you guys um, and have you guys making that space for people.
3: Um, I think when it comes to, like, a broad community, like the Date Night China community, then obviously it's a little different. Like, it would be great to have events for everyone. Obviously, you guys have been doing that, so that's a positive thing. So including all kinds of things. All, obviously, you guys tried to do that for the LGBT events. So that's a positive step I just think specifically for something so like I don't know niche I don't want I don't know what the right word is like specific like queer women it's like it's just too specific I don't know it's like we don't have a space so we need to kind of create ourselves that's what I think at least
1: totally I think that's what we realized especially after that and we were like okay I'd rather connect with you guys and and say like okay how can we maybe we just share awareness about you
3: yeah but if you guys want to do like events that include all sorts of groups and it's like obviously an inclusive event that's a whole other story and that's fine right Mm. but if we're having like specific events then it's a little different
2: Mm. yeah
0: so mark what are are your thoughts
2: (laughs) i have very many thoughts (laughs) um this this one this one for me has always been very um, interesting to think about just because I come from a country where people don't use certain terms and in as much as we might complain and we might point out the fact that we are hung up on labels it is also very interesting that we are generators of labels ourselves and where I come from I have people who are very supportive of LGBTQI rights who are very open to the idea or, or encourage the idea of people who are, of queer people having their own spaces, but we don't walk around calling them allies. Hmm. What we think of is that's the place where every human being should start. That is the bare minimum that you should ever do. The fact that we are giving names to people who acknowledge other people's humanity when it's not difficult for them to do that with other people is, to me, ridiculous. And what we should be doing, as far as I'm concerned, is giving people who are doing the opposite names as opposed to kind of rewarding people to do something, for doing something that is so basic. As basic as looking at me and realizing that is where you end, this is where I begin. Therefore, that means that our lives, even if both of us were straight or even if both of us were gay, are completely different right but also to your point madam Catherine, Mm -hmm. there is something to be said about quote unquote allowing non-queer people or allies to help us build our spaces let us be very honest we are the minorities in any place that we are and we will we do need as queer people we do need so social capital to make certain things happen we do because, oh, I re- oh this 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 might <laughs> might rub people off the wrong way, but I remember having a conversation with an ex of mine, and he made a very interesting point about gay rights, queer rights all over the world, and he said, "You realize that despite the fact that queer people have fought for this, and we use the word fought for, struggle for their rights in the same way that racial minorities have done so, in the same way that colonized people have done so." It is those in power who allow you to get those rights. And it is those same people who will take away those rights if they see it fit.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And that is what you see is happening in the States. Oh God. That in as much as, you know, people are talking about, oh, but queer spaces and, and safe spaces, and I want it to be just so, and that is my problem with this conversation, that everyone wants it to be just so. When we've also just con- had, you know, concluded that, everyone's idea of just so or what is perfect is completely different from everyone else's. Even when we say that all of us are, are queer, right? So, we, we, we don't want people who are not like us, but we also want support from them. But also we demonize the people who come into our spaces and don't know exactly what to do, when they need to do it, and how they need to do it. But also, we demonize the ones who don't make an effort to try and help us in any way. What are we doing? Who are the ones who are bad allies here? Because what it feels like a lot of the times is, a lot of us queer people, when, when it comes to talking about non-queer people, very many of us sound like we are very, very determined to constantly point out the inadequacies of non-queer people. When they are the standard, as much as we hate to admit it in this society, and we are the exception we are the ones who are trying to put make a mark in our world right now and as the socio-political climate has turned now it is now at a point where people are open to listening to us people are opening to giving us for lack of a better term our 15 minutes of fame how are we using it you know i would hate to think like for example you, you yeah. um I'm pointing mm-hmm. at people like there's a camera. I hope there's is there a camera? <laughs> <laughs> um, but but <laughs> Nathan and Rachel. I was I was gonna make it... a joke about where we are, but never <laughs> mind. <laughs> we're on a set. <laughs> <laughs> Only fans link dropping soon. Oh yeah, um, hey <laughs> <laughs> But um, so for example, the the queer event that we were talking about, or you talked about Catherine. I was one of the people who was helping organize that event, mm-hmm. and I was there. And I remember getting all of these messages like, oh, but they're not gay. What do they know about organizing this event? And I said, they knew enough to call me. I am here. At this point, we cannot expect that only a particular type of person or specific people will be able to do certain things for us as queer people. We're outnumbered and out-resourced at every turn. We are. That's just fact. We build our existences and we build our connections and and work towards approval in certain societies on what has already been done and established Th- that is what we use as our inroads right so when people were like oh but they're straight you 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 what, what am I going to come and do there come and hang out with me i'm not and i'm not going <laughs> to you know i'm not going to be straight by association if that were the case
0: Honey, it's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> that's really interesting that you said that. That's the first time that you've said that to us, you know. And that's because I I found that hard. I think that, you know that was the, um, you know, the first event that we uh, put on uh, for the community, and you know it, and we put that on because we were told that we weren't doing we weren't doing enough, you know. And like we were like somebody said like it'd be nice if you put on an event that was for. You know lgbtq plus you know and we're like right okay we've heard you and we'll, we'll put something on and then you put something on it's like no, yeah but yeah but they're not they're not they're not from the community so like you know what do they know it's like well and then i was like well what the fuck do i do and that's part of the very problem for me
3: though, I that's I part of that. the
2: problem for me like when before like, we started all of this stuff yeah like before we start before i started peeking duck and um Beijing Friend Zone came about, because I won't say I created it, I definitely did not, it just came about. It was, I would constantly be in these groups of people who would complain incessantly about things, being the same, always, all the time, and that's why we even said, you know, all the the foreigners that I know either left China, or they moved to Shanghai, to a place where they felt like there was an established thing that they could latch themselves onto, right? Instead of doing something here where they were. And, you know, I don't know why a lot of people, a lot more people don't just want to be the change that they want to see in I think in the also world. some people just
3: want to complain for no reason. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, They just want something to complain about, but they didn't actually want to see something change, you know? Dare I even say Suffering Olympics? I'm sorry, but <laughs> listen. Just like, what can I complain about the most yeah. today? Suffering Olympics.
2: Yes. And again,
3: <laughs> le- nice. let's
2: just stop and appreciate the ridiculous nature of the sentence that is, we were just three white heterosexual people talking about our experiences. You're white, you're heterosexual. What else are you going to talk about? Mm. Well, yeah. You know what I mean? Like when people go, oh, you're just talking about your ex." What do you want him to talk about? The experience of a tomato that grew up in a fucking greenhouse. Yeah, who else like, has experienced What are experience like, you going to say? And are we do, we, do we now want to just admit the fact that what we want is not for equality, but for the tables to flip? And for us to make for straight people feel as embarrassed about their identities as we felt when we were growing up? Like, otherwise, such a sentence would not even be something that anyone needs to say or to use at any given time you're white you're straight you've been white and straight all your life i would be very surprised if you started talking about a gay african existence i would be (laughs) i would be thrown for a loop
0: (laughs) but yeah well and on that note let's uh let's wrap it up So thank you so much for joining us. Uh, And um, I'm sure we'll link to respective uh, ways to get to the podcast. Right, Rich?
1: Yes. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for coming on. Thank you for having us. Yeah, we'll definitely be sharing uh, (laughs) Peking Duck and and things where you guys can follow up on the appropriate (laughs) ways. The way you guys are looking at me um we've loved having you on this has been a, you, a wonderful love. chat so and uh thanks again so bye bye bye!
3: bye.